Welcome back to another episode of Checking In. We are so excited, I am very excited, to have Keith Eisenkrein with Ephus Armor in studio with us. Thank you very much for joining us, Keith. Thank you for having me, Nikki. So, uh, excited. I know you're celebrating 10 years. Uh, but as usual, I'd like to back up the bus and, and hear the story. So, uh, how long have you lived in the Okanagan? I've been in the Okanagan now for 12 years. 12 years. And came from? Alberta, of course. Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> All, so many of us All of us are Alberta. transplanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were a, um, what Stucco were you? Contractor. Network, network yeah. engineer. Yep. Yeah. And uh, now you're a construction or contractor. Yeah. So I'd love to know the story. Where did you go to school? Uh, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Let's start there. Awesome. Okay, yeah. tell me a Wonderful. story. Wonderful. Um, well, I, w I grew up in Edmonton, of course, and I went to Jasper Place High, mm -hmm. um, graduated from there, played football there for the Rebels mm -hmm. um, in my junior year. Nice. And from there... I got into computers a little later on as I got older. Yeah. You know, I, and, and what did I want to be when I grew up? I wanted to be a fireman. A fireman? My uncle was the chief of the Metal Arc Fire Department in Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, so, and I had another uncle that he used to always buy me fire trucks from the time I was old enough to walk. So I, I just loved firemen. I loved fire trucks. Uh, that was something I really, that was my dream was to be a fireman. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and so he, that never happened. No, it did not. It did yeah. not. But that's the beauty of life. It takes us down different paths. It does. So you, you did um, uh, quite a few years uh, at Shaw. Yes. Is I, that correct? Yes, I ended up, a friend of mine, um, he owned a computer company, and he goes, I can get you on with Shaw as a... Um, as a cable installer, as an internet installer. So back when the internet was starting to get really hot and Shaw come up with the Shaw Wave, which was mm. the big cable modems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was installing those and I was getting about $100 per home to go in or business and set up your cable modem and get you up online and get you working. Hmm. And I had also gone to school. Um, I, took a, I took the Microsoft Certified System Engineering course okay. and the A plus computer technician course and all that. And I got it, I got, you know, I had quite a bit of experience with computers and networks and stuff. So I ended up doing that for a couple of years and Shaw offered me my own contract. The actual, I got, I actually went and did one of the Shaw's homes in Sherwood Park and okay. they really liked me, but ended up a couple months later, I got an offer from them to do, uh, to be one of their contractors. So I, they sold me some of their older cable vans. Mm. And all the equipment, the, the ladders and the testing equipment, everything. I bought a bunch of equipment from them. And I had five guys working for us. Oh. And we also opened a computer store in Edmonton called Town Center Computers. Huh. So we had 13 service guys working out of this store. We were custom building gaming systems 25 years ago. And oh. doing, uh, we were doing server work. We were doing uh, tech work uh, for a lot of different companies and stores and office work and stuff like that and uh, office support. Um, and then um, I was doing that for a few years and the computer store was going great and the guys were doing great and we ended up, the millennium bug hit in 1999, oh, the year my God, 2000. Oh about that. So Y2K. That Y2K hit us, which was, it was, everything kind of went right downhill. Huh. I ended up selling my contract with Shaw 
And I ended up selling off the computer store and getting completely out of computers. In 2000, I kind of took six months off. And then my wife's father, he had one of the larger stucco companies in all of Canada, if not North America. He had 200 stucco guys working for him. He goes one day to me, he came over for dinner and he goes, Keith, why don't you get into doing stucco and masonry? There's, there's lots of money in that. And yeah, you're, yeah. A, you're, you're a very big, capable young man. You're, you're strong. You can do it. I'll help you. So my wife's father got me involved um, in the stucco trade in the year 2001, which was now 21 years, yeah, yeah. almost 22 years ago. Um, and he basically had the jobs lined up because he was quite established in northern Alberta and even parts of southern Alberta as well. Um, he put me on a bunch of my own jobs after I had worked for them for about six months to a year learning, you know, yeah. as a laborer, learning from the guys and how to run the equipment and all that. So I, did, I ended up getting into that. And I, and I did that up until 2009 in Alberta. Okay. And I got myself up to where, you know, we were grossing $7 million a year. We had 35 guys working for us. We were doing all the big projects in uh, up in northern Alberta and even in Calgary. And then things kind of took a turn around that time. I mm-hmm. think you may remember the market mm-hmm. kind of slowed down. Yeah. And we lost a few projects and me and my wife decided, you know what? We had a beautiful house outside of Edmonton in Beaumont on five mm-hmm. acres. Um, we sold the house ourselves and we basically, we. I mean, I grew up as a kid here in the Okanagan. My grandparents uh, and a lot of family were here. And they used to own the Safari Motor Inn on Powick Road. No way. My grandma and grandpa, yeah. So every summer I used to go there and work for them. And I used to go to Wet n Wild and to the water slides. And I used to go to uh, uh, Flintstone Land and yeah. Scandia and Malibu Racetrack. And, and that was just up the road. I could ride my the bike from the... Days. Yeah, I could ride my Seriously. bike up the road from there. So I'd make my money for my grandpa during the day and go and do that. So all those years and then... I kind of, my parents, we had a place up in the mission when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So I went to school here. We spent a few years here as a kid and then moved back to Alberta again. So I was always going back and forth with my dad from BC, my mom from Grand Prairie. I had the best of both provinces and the best of both worlds. And Kelowna, Mm -hmm. what a place as a kid to grow up and get to spend summers. So that was just tradition for me. I loved it. And, you know, as I got older... Getting back to what I was saying about uh, leaving Alberta, and we moved our company here. So we moved the stucco business here. Okay. Uh, I did it myself. Yeah. It took me six trailer loads through the mountains with an F450 dually, and I pulled all my scaffold, all my equipment. I had a, I had a rig also. Uh, we had a like a, a tractor uh, pull our. We had two large zoom booms, so they brought oh, wow. those across from from Alberta, and we rented a piece of property here on Gordon. For two years yeah. and I had a gold Rolex a president's and I had nowhere to stay here really um, I traded that gold watch you for a fifth that. wheel trailer from a guy who worked for Alberta power so I had somewhere to sleep now oh my god so I actually okay. we really downgraded yep. um, from where from where I was at so anyways it's just a crazy kind of a story so I, I traded that. my watch yeah. I got this fifth wheel I got it hooked up with my truck I pulled it here, I parked it in the same yard, I had all my equipment, and I set up camp. And I started working here, and I started doing, it was really slow to begin with. The first year or two was very, very slow. And it was really weird getting to now the woodpecker thing and and all of that. Um, We were just barely getting by at that time. We were in quite a bit of debt. 
Yeah. I would say our line of credit, you know, after two years of being here, you know, you come, we were pretty racked up. But Keith, new business or business starting yeah. out or anyone in business, we do payroll on credit cards. We skip ourselves in payroll. We we exactly. run lines of credit up, personal and business, because you're trying to make a go of it. Exactly. And that's yeah. what we did. That's what me and my wife did. We were just... We thought, you know, moving here in the middle of a recession kind of was mm -hmm. a great time to do it. Like, I think we can do this. Yeah. So we moved here and we actually, it took us 110 showings. Me and my wife, Darlene, looked at 10, like 110 different houses. We found a beautiful house up in East Kelowna on a half acre. Uh, it needed a little bit of work. Yeah. Um, and we ended up moving in, buying that place. We've been there 12 years now. Um, and it's been wonderful up there in East Kelowna. It's so quiet it's and peaceful beautiful. up there. Just what an area. Um, and the golf courses and all the parks and, you know, the trestles are right there. So we kind of set up shop there. In 2012, I had a client call me from the Playa de Sol uh, oh, Resort. His yeah. name is Gary Weiss, yeah. uh, building manager. Yeah. Quite involved gentleman. Uh, takes really good care of that. Uh, that whole resort yeah. he has for many years since yeah. day one he was also there during the building stages of that building mm -hmm. he was quite involved as well before he became the building manager of that whole uh, resort he goes and he goes I need you to come by and uh, price out some uh, I got some damage here and I'm like yeah sure sure like yeah I'm desperate sure. I'd love to get some work you know so I go and he shows me we walk around the courtyards and he starts pointing out these holes and I'm looking up and I had never really seen woodpecker holes really too much uh, on a building so much. Yeah. And I'm looking up and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of holes here. And he's like, I, I, he goes, I need a price to fix these. Sure. I go, okay, I think this is going to be about six or 7,000 bucks. He goes, and he goes, we can patch them up. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He goes, the woodpeckers come back. will come right back there yeah. in a couple hours and they'll poke a hole right back in the exact same spot or they'll move a few feet over. You have to come up with something that will stop them permanently. And boom, right there, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, How, what is, what is this? Is, this, is there something, is there, is something, there here? something here? Is there something here? Like, I don't know. This yeah. sounds pretty interesting because uh, like I'm pretty, you know, I come up with stuff pretty fast when for solutions, yeah. you know, when it comes to repairing stuff and stuck on that. I thought, but but it didn't come to me right away. Any anything. I just, you know, I gave him a quote, and he's like, no, no. And then uh, so a couple months went by, and I'm in my shop, and my wife's with me, and we're sitting down, we're having a, a tea, we're talking, you know, and I was working on some samples, trying to come up with something. I had a couple of things on the table. I had some wire mesh stuff and I had some other things and I, I just couldn't quite put it together and I'm thinking you know it needs something harder maybe and I couldn't come up with really a lot my wife goes um because because I'm also a mason you know I've been doing that for quite a few years too along with the stucco on a lot of projects yeah. and she's like well why don't you use like something metalish or something steel or something you know and I'm like whoa Right away, another light bulb went off in my head, and I come up with the idea of using the steel mesh that mm -hmm. we use today. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? If there's a way I can get that attached onto that wall. Now, it took me another month or two, and I knew it was a fastener of some kind. And I came up with a couple, and a couple months later, I come up with the fasteners we use today still to this very yeah. day. And common sense would be the next step would be to coat it and try and smooth it out. Can, that, can we do that? 
and I did a bunch of samples. And I started, uh, I went and showed a sample um, to Gary, I believe. And Gary's like, oh yeah, I think you might have something there. Mm. That's interesting. I think he was one of the first people I showed. And I still have mm -hmm. that original sample. It's, it's 11 years old almost. It's, well, it's, no, 10 years. It's almost, it's a little over, it's close to 11 years because we had, before we did anything, we were, we were in the designing stage still before we got to a point where somebody would actually say, okay, hey, let's try this out on our building. So Gary must have told someone, I got a call from the Centuria High Rise, mm -hmm. um, the president there. He goes, we heard through the grapevine because Kelowna is a small town in, in, a, in a lot of very ways. Word gets around yeah. here very quickly. Uh, they go, we heard you might have something that might stop the woodpeckers. Would you be interested in doing some test areas here? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I would be. So I rushed right over there sure um, with my samples. I showed them to the council and I said, well, I'd be willing to do some test areas. We ended up doing three pretty good sized test areas back um, it's 10 years now, yeah, yeah. over 10 years now. Um, and they said, well, listen, if this works in five years or whatever, we'll hire you guys. We want to see it, we want to see it perform for Last. a few years. Yeah. It took five years. They hired us to do the entire building. Yeah. Those areas held out yeah. and it grew from, it grew from there. Um, you know, kind of, it just kind of exploded from there. People heard and, and, you know, people kind of caught wind that this is, you know, this guy might have something that's going to stop this. And it was a severe issue. It, be, it was getting worse and worse and worse as the months went on. And that first year in 2012, um, I noticed, you know, that I drive around because that's kind of how I was kind of scoping out, trying to find where, like, how many buildings have this issue? I was like intrigued. We would go on holidays with my family. We go to Florida. We go to... Uh, Idaho or we we'd go to Vancouver anywhere I go Calgary I would just right away my eyes would light up spot it forget about the vacation my wife would get annoyed <laughs> with me and yeah we would spot holes and I would get excited and I knew I was I was really starting to think I'm really really on to something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I initiated the patent process mm -hmm. in the United States which mm -hmm. you have to do first that took a few took a bit of a time to get that approved we finally got our preliminary patent and then we got uh, started in Canada. We did the Canadian patent and trademark and all that. Um, and basically, it, it kind of took another couple of years and then you got your full patent status. And you had to go in front of an adjudicator who was part of the United US Patent Office. And um, there was a few uh, little discrepancies, like the wording has to be exact and perfect. Mm. So they're really picky about everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eventually we got our full patent status. And the last, I'm going to say, we got into the new market then mm -hmm. also. But before any of that happened, um, I met you mm -hmm. on your at your old office mm -hmm. on Ellis mm -hmm. um, and Jim. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do, but I knew you, I knew something drew me to you guys. And I knew that you could help me. And you, um, you rebranded me mm -hmm. and my company, you, you gave us an amazing website with amazing people doing the work like Ryan mm -hmm. and Jim and, uh, all the other people you had involved, uh, getting us up and off the ground. And it, it was just like, there was no looking back after that. Mm -hmm. So it was wonderful that we found you guys. Um, 
Carmen Spark was the one, yeah. I believe. She's a wonderful lady. Uh, she did a voiceover on our original website yeah. for me. Yeah. And she always was always, big heart, always wanting to help an entrepreneur. Uh, and she could see I was struggling and, and she could see the wheels grinding. That, you know, this guy's thinking, he doesn't know what to do, but she pointed me to you guys. And then from there, it was no looking back. And, yeah. and I kind of, after a few years of working with you and Ryan and Jim and, and that, and, and, you know, I just, I kind of felt like I, I kind of know what I'm doing now. I felt I had a purpose with EFAS Armor. And today, here we are, 656 projects later, I'm in the oh, new market geez. and things are just amazing. And um, we've helped so many people with this problem. To me, I'm so proud uh, to have been able to help hundreds and hundreds of people that were pulling their hair out with this woodpecker issue. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it has just it has just taken on a life of its own EFAS armor. We're now in the United States and in, in yeah. areas. Um, we're working with a company in Florida. We're doing our very first job in Florida starting next week. Um, Great state. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, we've done work in, in, in Arizona, Montana, Idaho, Pennsylvania, New York. Hmm. EFAS armor has been put in a lot of places. Um, so yeah, we've traveled down there and done work in New York and Jersey and it's it's just amazing like how far the woodpeckers have gone. So what I love about this is if you if you go back in time 10, 12, 15 years, I I think I hear all the time with businesses they they start their business and there isn't these grandiose plans of what can be yet. There's this, uh, and I, I'm seeing it in the DNA of you, there's, there's obviously hard work, there's this aha moment that you're, you're, you're solving an issue, you're solving a problem. What is, what is the thing that needs fixing? You're seeing it. Mm -hmm. You're trying mm -hmm. to figure a problem solve through the resolution of the issue. And then there's that, that validation coming out into market and you're getting the nods of approval. You get 656 projects. And I love, um, I love the hard work, I love the grit, I love the, uh, you know, you, you do anything and everything you can to make the company to successful. Make and, you, and you do, there are huge sacrifices. There's huge sacrifices. Uh, to being mm -hmm. in business, but, but I think you know, fast forward to today, you're sitting on the precipice of um, greatness. And I'm really excited for you. I appreciate that. I feel like we are, we're about to take our next big step. Um, we're looking at a few different avenues, which are gonna now expand EFAS armor even more so. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting for us. So Keith, for um, someone in trades, like I've and I've seen this in doing the interview with Modern Pure Air. I've seen this in uh, trucking uh, with um, Derek Norman from Nor Nor Trans um, yeah. Transport. That there is a real um, uh, opportunity to take something maybe old or traditional. And bring in new ideas and new technologies and, and improve make that. It, Im, improve it and make it something that it's not been. Uh, so I think the the question that I have for you is: Is there advice you would give to anyone 
that wants to start out in business, whether it's in construction, whether it's in networking or smart homes or anything, uh, any advice you'd give anyone? I would give, yeah, absolutely. I, the advice I would give is if you think you have something, take the risk. Mm -hmm. you, as Michael Jordan said, you'll miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Mm -hmm. You at least have to try. At least that way you'll know if you, you know, if it was going to go or not. Mm -hmm. You have to push, push and sacrifice and risk. I had mm -hmm. times where I was not going to, I was going to pull out of this and say, I, I don't think it's going to make it. There was definitely you times, I don't think I want to put $75,000 into this or yeah. you know I don't I just think I was more secure in my comfort zone of just doing regular uh, projects so you know you have to comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable push yes. the limits and and then I think um, if I can close with I think it's yeah. really important to ensure that you are surrounded by those that can you know Surround put yourself. the hand out when you're sitting on the curb and you're ready to throw in the towel, yeah. because we, we get there and yes. we are there numerous times throughout yes. the journey. So surrounding yourself with uh, family and uh, uh, mentors that make sure to do that, that hand reach out to get you back up. That guidance. I mean, we can, yeah. right, we can dust ourselves off, but yeah. sometimes we need to sit down and feel sorry for ourselves for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. take the guidance. You know, mm -hmm. take the advice and, and yeah, don't, you know, go after it, mm -hmm. you know. Keith, I'm so thrilled that you uh, came in to share your story. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. I'm very excited. Thank you. Yeah, uh, me too. I am too. for your yeah. coming years. Thank you so much. Thanks, Yeah, Keith. it's been a pleasure.